0: Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings
1: Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Marcelet. Thank you for joining us this week. We are talking about what it's like to move from a small town to a bigger city when you are blind or partially sighted. And we have some great co-hosts today. So our expert on the subject is Jill. Welcome, Jill. Thank you. (laughs) And then we have two of our youth uh, who are in the process or considering moving to the big city from smaller towns, Nina and Acacia. Welcome. Thank you. Okay. So Jill, why don't you start by uh, reminding our listeners a little bit about yourself? Where have you come from and where did you move to and uh, what's your level of vision?
2: (laughs) Yeah. um, So I moved from... Um, I guess, well, small town, considered small city in northern BC, Dawson Creek, um, which is like 15 hours north of the Lower Mainland. Um, and then I moved, well, I moved down to the Lower Mainland, obviously, but I started out in Vancouver and now I'm in Burnaby. Um, and then level of vision, I have retinopathy of prematurity. Um, so I went from low vision to now fully blind.
1: Right. So you moved right to like Vancouver. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't do a small transition. No. Just right to the biggest city there is down here. Yeah. you just like much. embrace it. Okay. Yeah. So Yeah. I, I feel like you've got some knowledge to share. Uh, Nina, tell us about you. Where do you live? Where are you planning to go?
3: Yeah. So I live in Vernon, BC here in the Okanagan. Um, it's not like tiny, tiny town. But it's it's pretty small, and I've grown up here most of my life. I've never lived in a big city. And this fall, I'm going to start my first year at UBC Vancouver. So big move real soon. And for level of vision, I am low vision. I have Stargardt's disease, so I've lost my central vision, and I struggle to see details and distance and that kind of thing.
1: Okay. Perfect. All right, Acacia, how about you?
4: Um yeah, so I live in West Kelowna, which is a another small city in the Okanagan. Um and I have ocular cutaneous albinism, so I have trouble with distance and detail especially when there's like glare or bad contrast. I'm planning on eventually attending UVic, so which would be Victoria, so I'm just sort of deciding right now whether I want to wait a year or two and go to the local college first or go straight there next fall. Hmm.
1: Okay. All right. So Nina and Acacia, uh, I, I know you guys have a lot of questions for Jill. And I'm going to kind of turn the reins over to you to ask your questions. And let's find out about this transition. <laughs> Our
3: first question is, did your blindness ever make you hesitate to move from your hometown?
2: Well, yes and no. Uh, Like, I'm going to go with the no first, just because I attended a lot of, um, like, summer camps for, like, blind and low vision down in the lower mainland growing up from the time I was, I think, like, 15 until I was 21, I think. Um, So because of that, I, you know, had made a lot of, like, friends and connections of, like, people with similar experiences in, like, the area I was planning to move to. So it kind of helped like having that, you know, that kind of base group already. I knew some people already like when I was planning on moving here. So that made the decision easier because I knew that um, you know, a lot of the friends who grew up in like the lower mainland had a lot of connections to like OM instructors or, you know, connections to blind beginnings, wink wink, or like <laughs> whatever else. I kind of felt like I needed and I wasn't sure how it would like I'll play out. I had a lot of friends who had experience and advice and I could like point me towards the people that I needed. Um, but yes, because like, I, again, I was moving, like I said before, it's 15 hours away from my hometown. Um, and that's a, like, it's not like it's an hour or like even five, it's 15. Like it's a big, like you travel all day ish to get back home. And like all my family was there and like everything I knew was there. Um, and like, For reference, my hometown is like, I think, 13,000 people compared to whatever the lower mainland is. Um, So, you know, there's so many like different things to consider. But I think like, yes, because there were so many unknowns, like, you know, the transit and like getting around like, you know, four to five lane crazy busy streets and like those kind of things. Um, and I remember the SkyTrain was really terrifying to me at the time because I'm like, well, how does this work? Why is it up in the air? Why is it not on the ground? Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, it was so like, this is a weird concept. Um, and, I'm like, and all the streets had sidewalks in the lower mainland. Back home, they don't. Yeah, what's um, that like? <laughs> it was very really interesting. Yeah, it was, especially when there's snow because, like, again, Northern BC has a lot of snow. So when you have, have a sidewalk and the streets are covered in snow, it's very hard to navigate. Whereas like the lower mainland, there's sidewalks everywhere, and it's just rain most of the time. Made it a lot easier. So yeah, that was a long answer to yes and no.
1: <laughs> Does Dawson Creek have any traffic lights?
2: Yes, we're okay, okay. I make it sound like we're really small, which we like are, but we also aren't at the same time. Okay. Um, I, we have more than I can count, if that helps. Okay. Um, so we have do... like a traffic yeah. circle roundabout. People call it here.
1: Yeah. So like okay. it's like a we have some right so no no sidewalks but traffic lights yes <laughs> well, we have
2: some sidewalks some don't like on um, the, in
1: the downtown area probably has. Yeah, sidewalks. yeah yeah
2: exactly or like sometimes one side of the street will have a sidewalk and the other won't which makes mm-hmm. no sense couldn't tell you um <laughs> and like for a frame of reference we have i think there's like one audible signal in dawson okay um but there was a rumor that businesses found it annoying. So they turned it off at one point, which I think is actually illegal. Oh, that but like, here too. Yeah. Okay. See? Yeah. So I think that's wow. illegal, but that's a whole nother story. Um, so yeah, it was a fun mix of like, you know, small towns, no sidewalks, sometimes sidewalks, some traffic lights, some not. Yeah. And yeah.
1: what about buses? Are there buses? Um,
2: we, well, okay. That's changed a lot since I've been here. I don't think there are any more where there's like one, but when I was living there, there was three that would span like the different parts of the city. So like the northern part, central and then southern part of the town. Um, but like to put that into kind of perspective a bit, like you can drive across my town in like 10 to 15 minutes, roughly. The bus mm-hmm. would take like roughly two hours okay. to get it, which is <laughs> like you do it because you have to. Um, yeah. And like, I'm like, I can do it. I'm going to be independent. I can take the bus. I'm like, Oh, it's two hours. Okay. I'll still do it. Um, but they also do not have the announcement things. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'd rely on the bus driver to let me know. And sometimes they forgot and then they'd have to go, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. go around the block instead, (laughs) back towards my house. But that was fun. (laughs) Or like, you know, your bus gets stopped because there's a whole bunch of deer crossing the street sort of scenario. Um, (laughs) So yeah, it was kind of a nice little mix of like, yes, we had all those things, but at the same time, there's a lot of like small town elements. It was a weird kind of mishmash of things, but yeah.
4: Um, how did you know when you were ready to move to the city? I think
2: like, so I did um, an extra year of high school um, to kind of get like more OM, and more life skills, because I didn't have that any of that till I lost my sight in grade 10. So I ended up doing an extra year to get more of that. And at that point, like all my friends and my siblings were, you know, off to college and like I'd moved away. And I'm like, oh, I'm the only one stuck here still. Like, love my hometown, but like you can understand, kind of see how like that would be frustrating to be the only one kind of feeling like, you're, like a little bit left behind in a way. Um, and I just like, I was tired of like all my friends, like hearing about all their experiences and not having that. And then when I got that extra year of like OM and life skills, um, I felt re- like that really boosted my confidence, like, I can do this, I can do it anywhere, kind of thing, um, and then also at that time, I was looking into, I had gone to the college for a year in my hometown as well, um, so as like a kind of transition to college sort of scenario, um, so those two extra years at home kind of helped me, like, you know, take the buses, own life skills, um, you know, like have kind of a way smaller scale of transitioning to college Um, So I think it all just kind of helped me prepare for like the big city and a a bigger university. So I think eventually I just like, I'm, I can only do so much independently, like back home, given the buses and everything. And, you know, the potentially five feet of snow um, for like nine months of the year, which can make it difficult. Um, So I think I just like eventually was getting kind of fed up with the lack. Like I was as independent as I could be, but I just wanted more and I wanted to experience more. And I wanted a degree, which the college in my hometown, you can only get like certificates or diplomas. And the majority of them are trades, which one not super blind friendly slash safe, also not interested for me. Um, so I, I think I just got fed up and started looking into like, what else do I want to do? And where do I want to go? And I kind of always knew that I wanted to come to Vancouver in the lower mainland because I came down here so much as a kid. Um and then like my university program was like, the only one offered in Canada I was here at SFU. So it just kind of was like a natural progression. And I remember just like slowly thinking about it and applying it out and then asking my parents like, hey, like, I think I want to go to Vancouver. Like, what what do you guys think? And my mom's like, what would you do if I said no? I'm like, um, I'd still probably go. And then she's like, yeah, that's what I thought. Let's make it happen. I'm like, Okay. Um, which is not always the case with parents. Sometimes I would freak them out, which I definitely did with my parents, but it pretty much just came to down to, like, I feel as prepared as I'm ever going to get in a small town for this kind of thing. And I'm just fed up and I want to experience more and kind of went for it, I guess.
3: Kind of circling back to what we started talking about before, mm-hmm. what, was it difficult for you to learn the transit systems? Because, I mean, that's something that I'm excited for but also kind of nervous for because it's hard to practice when you have like three buses in your town (laughs) that you know leave every four hours so yeah what did that process look like so I
2: was really lucky because like I had friends who connected me to like a really great O&M Deborah Legg I think a lot of us know her or have been worked with her she's amazing O&M love her um and she's worked with me since I moved here like oh god I think it's like Ooh, seven or eight years ago now, which is wild. Um, so that was the biggest thing. And the first thing I, like, one of the first things I set up was an o because, like, my friends you know, could describe the transit and a route to me, but, like, I wasn't fully comfortable with that, necessarily, no offense to them. Um, but I just wanted, like, a really solid O&M instructor who knew what was happening and what I needed and could do that. Um, so she... Deborah was amazing and um you know she explained like from like my at the time apartment and now like where I'm at a duplex and like every route that I needed to know whether it was like to the grocery store or to the university or I don't even know anywhere really um she you know explained like this is the transit route you're gonna need you're either gonna need to take like this bus transfer this bus or take this bus to the train and this is how the train works like she like like just explained it so like perfectly and simply that didn't like it felt overwhelming at times, but she's also very like I don't know I find her very calming, but she also like she'll make you get like, do it until you get it right, which is what I really like in an O and um, And she just like she was just really good at explaining what like kind of step by step, like you know you walk to the end of this block, turn left, cross the street, your bus stops on that corner, like whatever it was um and I like I said before I think the sky trains were like most intimidating to me because they're so loud to like first of all um and I've never like I think before that I had never experienced a train in my life aside from like the trains on the tracks that like drive and blow their horn or is it a horn a whistle um, <laughs>
1: the <laughs> choo-choo <it> train <laughs>
2: yeah most. And like I never rode on one so like I'd never been. it was just so noisy and rattly and like it feels like it goes really fast and you feel kind of unstable or I did. And I'm like, why is it up in the air? Every other train I know about is like underground or on the ground. Like why? Um, And I think like, you know, like when you tap your, you have like a card and you've tapped on these beeping gates and then you walk in and how do you know where to go and what platform you need to go on. And it just felt really overwhelming. Um, So, but like, again, Deborah was so great at explaining like, you know, this, like, some plat- or stations have, like, a central platform, some have, like, left or right kind of thing, the tracks in the middle, um, like, this platform goes that direction, it goes, the other one goes the other direction, like, and, like, the different lines, like, she explained it all so clearly, that I just, like, the way that she just explained everything, it kind of step by step, and so clearly made me calm about it, not so, like, scared, um, but it's always scary when, like, you do it for the first time without an O&M, or without anyone else, um, but the nice thing with Deborah too, is like, she always would say, like, ask me to let her know how it, the first time it went by myself. And like, if we needed to work on it again, we could. Um, so that was really nice. And something that I was so excited about with the transit, that everything announces all the stops, like the, the buses and the trains, they announce everything. And it's so beautiful. Um, cause I didn't have to rely on the bus or the bus driver. And sometimes they forget. And then you have to do the whole route all over again, which I've done, Um, and even like, there's, um, like the transit app and like, there's other apps that'll tell you, like, you know, all the different bus routes around your area and how often they're coming. So you can actually plan out a route. Um, and like, even a lot of the bus stops, um, now I guess in the last year or so have like, like a, a button where it'll like announce out loud all the, like the times. And then there's braille on them now. it's just so much more accessible. And I was so excited. Um, see, I was really scary at first, but like the, the nice thing too is at those, like the bus stops and the SkyTrain stations, there's always people around. So, and like, there's always, um, like the SkyTrain stations, there's the SkyTrain security people. I don't know if that's actually their proper title, but, um, (laughs) you can find their phone number online and like, I saved it into my phone. So if I ever get lost at like a SkyTrain station or I'm going to like a new station I've never been before, I can call them. Like, hey, I need help. I'm here and I need help getting to here. Like, And then they'll come meet you and like walk with you and show you how to do it in a way. And it's so like, there's always people around and there's always ways to like ask for help if you get lost or confused. So it's just so much more accessible in a city or a bigger city with the transit for sure.
4: Um, Sorry, I was just wondering quickly um, about just like coordinating O&M in a new city, Um, mm-hmm. just how you did that. Yeah, I
2: did it. Um, there's a couple ways that I know to do it or that I, like I have attempted to do it. Um, again, like my, a lot of my friends had Deborah, who um, like was their own M through like through school and some O&Ms um, work through the school system as well as like private practice, like Deborah does. Um, and then like other, I think the C the CNIB also does O&M and Again, like the CNIB was never an option for me growing up because the closest one was five hours away. Um, As we're in the city, like they have an office and I know that they do O&M as well. Um, But it's just like the thing with O&M and moving to a bigger city is you have to plan it out in advance, you can't just come and be like, hey, I need an O&M for Saturday. like Cause there's so much, like a lot of, um, there's quite a high demand for O&M, especially I think with CNIB, there's always kind of a waiting list. But I just kind of made it through a lot of the connections that I made through camp and then like Blind Beginnings as well. So.
1: So you hired her, your like as a yes on a contract, like you pay her privately to do O and M for you.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, Not all O and M's do that. Some are just schools, like school districts. Um, Some do private practice. Some do only private practice. It's just a matter of finding that person and. Um, again, I like, I found that through friends and just connections I've made over the years from going to camp and like blind beginnings and stuff like that. So,
1: so you had it set up, like I'm moving there on this day. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to need mobility immediately. Like yeah. sort of had that figured out. So Cause yeah, you can't really be stuck, right? Like you need to get places.
2: <laughs> and if you don't have an ONM lined up and you move to a city, it's like, okay, like my parents could kind of show me what to do. Mm Because, you know, they've been around me long enough with the cane. They can give me directions. Um, And, like, you know, for example, my mom's like, oh, look, there's a cool coffee shop down a couple blocks away. Like, why don't we walk over there kind of Mm -hmm. thing? Um, But when I was, like, kind of looking for a place to live, because the school, I went to Vancouver Community College for a year, and they don't have, like, dorms or residence or anything. Um, So I needed, like, a place to stay, and I ended up finding, uh, like, renting a room from a lady and when I was going to like, I guess look through I um had contacted Deborah. I'm like hey my mom and I are coming down to Vancouver for like the weekend or the week or whatever it was um like I'm looking at this place it's like like 95% set could we do like can you like are you free to come meet us and like do a little walk around um so she ended up meeting me once before I even moved down here but it was like pretty much it was a for sure thing that I was moving here and then we just like, it all kind of worked out. And then when I moved here, like when I officially moved down, um, I think like a day or two later, she came and like did OM with me and like showed me the bus stop and the whole route to the school. And then there's like a grocery store and whatever else I need at the time. Um, so yeah, I definitely would recommend setting up OM before you're moving here um, and being very clear with that OM instructor. like. You know, this is what I, like, these are the kind of, I don't know, let's say top three places I need to learn. So then like they, they can kind of, because what ONMs tend to do is like, they'll plan out, kind of walk through the route themselves to kind of figure it out. And then they'll show you. Um, so like, Deborah knew I was going to BCC and I was living at this area. So she kind of did a walk through or drive by or whatever of the route. Um, so the more like advanced nodes you can give them and set all that up before you move, the better. Yeah. It's my biggest recommendation with O&M.
1: And there's a lot of um, construction in big Ugh. cities. So like yeah. that side of the street, you can't walk down because it's closed off or what, you know, so it's kind of good for the, if the O&M knows that in advance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: Actually, sorry. One more thing I was going to add about O&M actually is like the nice thing with um, like Deborah or like potentially private instructors is that um it wasn't just like a one time and we're done kind of thing. It's like, throughout the last seven or eight years or whatever it's been since I moved here, whenever there's a new route or like, like, you know, I I went from Vancouver community college to like Simon Fraser university and a way bigger campus. Well, three campuses actually, and like way more chaotic. Um, So like, I you know, it wasn't like, Oh, I, you know, I can't work with you anymore. Like your quotas up kind of thing. Like it was whenever I needed to learn something new and she was available and we could set up a time. So like, o and in a city is always possible. It's like,
3: it's not like a one-time thing. It's just kind of what I wanted to add on to that. Did you get any like different kind of help for campus orientation at the university Ooh. or the college? Or was <laughs> that like the same person? Yeah, so kind of
2: fun story. Well, it was, was Debra. It, so it was the same person, um, but her and I actually made it so that um, at least at SFU, you can get OM funded for you the school because that wasn't an option and private practice o m can be very expensive just fyi Mm -hmm. um and i think i am i strongly believe it should be covered through um the funding and grants you can get through student loans with having Mm -hmm. a permanent disability so deborah and i advocated for that to happen where we could get o m funded um so i would definitely like when you connect with your um disability center at whatever university you're going to um, look into that, see if they offer funding for OM. Um, because I I I'm hoping that Deborah and I made some waves and that, that that expanded to other schools. I don't know for sure though. Um, but I had Deborah, like Deborah knew, you know, like it's kind of the same thing, like with when I was moving down here, I'm like, I'm going to the school. Um, like, you know, can you help me learn the basic layout? Because your classrooms are gonna change every semester. Um and some depending on that, it can be hard to get an, an O&M every semester to show you your new classroom. Um, but my school also did what are called volunteer walkers, um, which are like students who volunteer to like walk you to and from class if you need help with that. Um, so like I would get them to do that, especially because like Sean said, there's construction everywhere all the time. So my like school had a lot of construction happening and I was like very unsafe to walk through it. Um so there's a lot of like resources your school has for that kind of stuff too it's just knowing to ask kind of thing
4: is there a difference in how like strangers reacted to a blind person in a city than in a small town like I don't know whether that's like interacting with people on the street or like in stores or in restaurants or wherever
2: yeah so I like small town um everybody knows you give it or like they know someone who knows you or whatever like oh you're the blind girl um so I also had worked at like Safeway um, in my hometown for, like, five years, I think, three, three or five, Um, so, like, everyone kind of got to know me from, like, coming through my till and, like, hey, I'm begging your groceries, nice to meet you, blah, 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 and I just, like, whip out the cane, and they're, like, oh, my God, Um, so, like, whether they know you personally or, like, know you just through something else, um, like, Often, small towns like everyone knows everyone, so it's just like, oh, you're the blind girl, or like you're so and so's daughter. Um, so I found like I never really got treated that, like, I never felt like I stood out or got treated that much differently, um, just because I was blind, and that was a lot of because every like working at Safeway and school, and my parents owned like a couple of businesses, so like we were, I guess, well known in the community. Um, and then, but I found moving to the big city that was like, oh, like no offense to city people, but like people aren't as friendly out on the sidewalks or in stores, um, or they just seem a lot more awkward about the blind thing. Um, but I find like, it's more people on the sidewalk. If you like, you ask for help and they're like, oh, I don't know. And then they kind of like walk away. I'm like, that's awkward. But I find like, um, you know, like like the SkyTrain security people are really, really helpful. And like if I go into a store and like, Hey, is there someone like who can give me a hand getting an item? Like a clerk, like they're always really, really helpful and nice. I've never really had any bad experiences with actual like staff members or employees. It's more just like people are so like, it's such a, such a faster pace in a city that people are kind of just go, go, go out on the street. and just want to go to where, get wherever they're going. And like, they're in a rush and, you know, the people are on their phones or have earbuds in anyways, so they don't even hear you or see you, um, ironically. So that was the biggest difference is I noticed that a lot. It just like everyone's a lot busier and it's like small towns, everyone knows everyone. So it's a little bit different that way, but.
3: What is something you wish you had known
2: before moving? Yeah, I think, I mean, it sounds kind of funny because you'd think it would be obvious, but it wasn't. Is that like, I wish I would have known how crazy the traffic can be like I think I assumed it would be but it's so different from just like thinking like oh it's gonna be like so much noisier and so much busier to actually like experiencing it Cause like there's times where you can't hear like anything because of this traffic so noisy or like you know the biggest street I ever crossed back home was a good, was two lanes or something here <laughs> it's like what I don't know five or six or something it gets insane um and so I think it just like I wish I would have known how overwhelming the traffic can be, but also how beautiful audible signals are to just to re, you know, reaffirm that, okay, it's safe to cross. Even though I know my own M and I can listen to the traffic and judge the traffic, like the own or the audible signals to like a nice kind of reassurance, like, okay, it's my turn. I'm good. Let's go. Um, Yeah. I think the traffic was just like, I knew that it was going to be a lot, but it was like a lot different actually doing it I guess but again there's also sidewalks so you feel safer (laughs) when there's no sidewalks um yeah I think and I think just like the noise was a big adjustment um again like my street that I grew up in on was like a block over from a big farmer's field so it was like beautiful and quiet for the most part um so like just like all the sirens and seagulls and noise and people and cars like it's so much noisier than like you'd expect it to be even though like you know it's going to be noisy but it's more than I'd expected so that was a bit of an adjustment um yeah actually another thing that I kind of wish I would have known that was nice to know is that um like the transit there's some transit routes that go every all night which I didn't know about um like if I was out like for dinner with friends and it was like oh it's getting really late. Like, how are we going to get home? Like, do cabs run this late? I don't know. And this was before Uber was a thing. Um, but some bus routes go, like, all night, which was, was wild to me. Because, the trans, like, the SkyTrain stop at, I think, midnight one. or 1? One? 1, yeah. Um, so it's like, okay, like, what if you're out too late? Or, like, you're at a friend's house and you you're, need to get home. And it's like, oh, it's past 1. Like, what do I do? Some buses go late. That was really nice to learn that I didn't know until I moved here.
1: It's pretty interesting on the night bus. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's
2: definitely an adventure. Maybe it's don't really, do that your
1: first week here. No, don't do that. <laughs> definitely not. Um, you seem
4: like like really well prepared. Um, when you moved, but was there anything that you wish you would have practiced
2: beforehand or worked? Oh on? God, yes. Okay, the one thing I wish I would have practiced, and I think this was when I moved here. I think like grocery delivery wasn't as common, or it might not have been like a a thing yet that I had known about it, at least. And it can be really awkward to carry a whole bunch of groceries in one arm and use your cane or whatever mobility device you use in the other hand. And then because I felt really lopsided um, and then like trying to like drag all these bags of groceries on the bus and then have people squish them with their walkers oh. and just, like then like balancing oh. my keys and my groceries and my cane and like my purse and whatever. I wish I would have practiced that a little more because it was, I I found it so awkward all the time. And eventually I would just like, if I were to get groceries, I would cab home with my groceries just because it was so much easier than trying to drag all these groceries everywhere. And yeah, that's something I wish I would have practiced a bit more for sure. And um, again, like our streets aren't like, again, I think the biggest street we have is like a two lane street or maybe three but I wish I would have had like more practice crossing the bigger streets. Um, like I had a lot of practice on like, okay, here's a random spot in town, find the store. That was great. Um, but just crossing the big, busier, like noisy streets would have been, I wish I would have done that a bit more.
1: Um, and of hard to do that when you don't have it though. No, right?
2: <laughs> like whatever the biggest tree you got practice crossing that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, definitely um yeah I think those like that I can think of right now those were would be two of the big bigger things I wish I could have practiced more the groceries are more just like of annoyance but still a necessity kind of thing
1: okay so I have a question a surprise question (laughs) Uh, (laughs) so now that you've lived in small town and big city like Mm -hmm. which is better
2: so I always like I, I'm always gonna be a small town person at heart like I miss I miss like all my family's back there so I really miss that because I only go home like a couple times a year um and, like sometimes they'll come visit but it's like I don't see them as much as I obviously would like um because it's so expensive and it's so much farther away um and I miss like the quiet and like the slower pace of a small town um a lot more than I thought I would but at the same time, realistically, it's not very accessible all the time. It's like, it's very doable if you're determined enough to like, okay, let's take a two hour bus ride. Cause I have no other option. Like if you're fine with that, great. Like there's no problem. Um, but the, like the beauty and the ease of like the transit and the grocery delivery um, of a big city is so nice. And like Ubers and like, I mean, this is just a plus, but, like, skip the dishes if you want to be lazy and not cook and not go out. Um, but, yeah, I think the transit and, like, the grocery delivery are the two of the biggest things that I, like, fell in love with in the city. Um And, like, you know, if I ever move somewhere else, those are my two requirements is wherever I move to has to have decent transit and grocery delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, like, I, you get... Well, okay, I get kind of tired of how noisy and busy the city always is. Um, and I kind of miss like, you know, the small town, you, you go out to a store or a restaurant and like, you know, 90% of the time you see people, you know, and you stop and have a chat, even though it might waste 15 or so minutes. Um, so I kind of miss like the friendly, like the friendliness of a, a small town. Um, and like, you know, different parts of the city, you're going to get more of that and than other parts. Um, Right, so, like, but I'm also really lucky because I live really close to like two or like three bus routes and it's like pretty close to a SkyTrain station. And there's a big, nice park across the street. And I live next door to a shopping plaza with like every store you would like, necessity you would need. So, I'm really lucky with that in the city as well that everything's so close. Um, so, both are really great for different reasons. But again, I'm a small town person at heart. So, I really miss that and i was like small town slower pace but would love that i would love that combined with the grocery delivery and good transit <laughs> would be my like dream <laughs> yeah that sounds great right yeah. yeah i can also so i have i got like kiki who's my uh seeing eye dog i got her two years ago ish almost um and even just like that's helped a lot with like crossing street like the bigger busy streets with o&m stuff so I find like, I found even with the cane, I'm like, I have to go fast, but then the faster I go, the more I veer. Um, so like Kiki's helped me feel a lot more like comfortable, like, oh, you know, navigating around the bigger city. Um,
1: so yeah. Mm. That was a- do you, do you ever feel um, that safety is an issue? I feel like probably feel safer yeah, in a small town than in the definitely. big
2: city. I, um, like, yeah, I don't, so I personally don't feel super comfortable traveling by myself um any later than like i don't know 9 p.m in the city just because that's when people are like a little more sketchy a little more creepy it's dark you know there's a lot of dark creepy places i don't know um and there's again at night there's not always a lot of people like nice you know good people around to help you if something happens um so i like that's just kind of a rule of thumb for me that's where like if i you know back home you feel safe like i mean there's always sketchy people everywhere to be fair but it doesn't feel quite as like intimidating in a big again like, a small town compared to a city um
1: and maybe the fact that everybody knows you or who you yeah. are or who you're related to no one's gonna risk exactly. doing anything because somebody's probably gonna know
2: and like you know most of the places back home close at like i don't know 11 <laughs> maybe so like if you're doing anything later at night you're always at a friend or family member's house anyways mm-hmm. um so like you know you don't have to like how am I going to get home all this crash on your couch or whatever but like you know in the city you have to worry about okay like it's this time like I need to make sure I leave with enough time to get home on the transit where it's not going to be like scarier or sketchier um yeah it's just another level of like that kind of level of safety that's like you just kind of you know, you learn what you're comfortable with, what you're not. And, you know, it's like kind of the safe kind of rules with them like that. Um, Yeah.
1: Are there other things that you do to protect yourself or, you know, beyond the like, don't be out past nine by myself? Like,
2: yeah, I think if I'm like, if I'm out any later than that, I will take an Uber or cab home, even though, yes, it costs money, but I'd rather feel mm-hmm. safer than, than like, having to wait outside on a dark street for a bus that could could or could not be late. Um, so yeah. Uh, and then I also, um, I always have, um, usually my keys in my pocket that you can use if you need to as mm-hmm. a defense, uh, mechanism. Um, also my cane is also like, I always have my cane on me as well. Like I have the dog, but I always still have my cane with me. That's an easy reach. If I needed to also use that as a defense mechanism. Right. Um, Something I haven't done but I want to do is like a self-defense class or like session of self-defense classes, just because you never know. Also, for the like kind of safety thing, um, it's this is kind of a hard balance because like uh, uh, like the cane is supposed to be reflective, but it's like a relatively thin stick, so it's not that visible. Um, so a lot of people would wear like lighter-colored clothing at night or like reflective like armbands. Um. And the only hard thing is with that is they don't they don't always look super cute, um, yeah. which is like kind of the downside. <laughs> um, so like in lieu of it, like you know, like these I don't know, wear a safety vest or armbands or something. So I'll mm-hmm. just I'll make sure and wear like brighter like ref, like kind of brighter colored clothing. Uh, so like you know like a white jacket at night or something. Or I have like on my bag I'll have like kind of these reflective like keychains, um, for example. Um, or like my dog has a, like a bright yellow sign on her harness. So like that makes her visible or I have like, I have a light on her harness that I can turn on at night so then people can see us. Um, so just trying to wear like something that's going to make you visible, especially at night, because some people don't, I don't know, people wear a lot of dark clothing at night and then they get hit like by vehicles or cross at stupid times. And yeah, definitely that would be another big one is wear something brighter at night to be visible
1: acacia and nina are you um are you changing your plans now after this conversation or are you excited how are you feeling about moving to the big city
3: was it helpful at all yes it was helpful i mean it's kind of too late for me to change my plans Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) i've accepted my offer oh Um, good yay yeah but so the plan is to live in residence which will hopefully be like a little calmer than just straight up downtown Vancouver definitely 100% Um, it will (laughs) yeah yeah but it's definitely really helpful to have this conversation with someone who understands Mm -hmm. but yeah I'm really excited for transit to exist
1: (laughs) yes right the good thing about UBC is it's its own little city. You don't even have yeah. to go off campus. They have everything there. They have restaurants, yeah, they, they do. have things to do. They have stores, grocery mm-hmm. hospital, even like, oh, yeah. yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. I had no idea that you could get O&M like that. They were like private contractors and you could do that. Mm-hmm. Like
1: after yeah. high school. Yeah, so that's yeah, really that cool. Either.
2: Yeah. I was lucky that I like found Deborah through like my friends from camp and everything. Like, well, she works with Blind Beatings a lot too, um, so yeah, it was such a nice thing to have because I'm like, how the hell am I going to do this when like, because I again like I thought i O M stopped when you finish high school. So I'm like, oh my god, what am I going to do? And then I'm like, oh, thank God for
1: Deborah. So big shout out <laughs> to Deborah Leg. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. she's great. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck, Acacia and Nina with your moves to the big city. Um, I hope it all goes well. I personally love living in the city, but I've only lived in a small town for like a year. And so I I feel like I'm, I'm a city girl at heart for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you, Jill, for sharing your experience. I think it's really helpful. I'm sure there's listeners that will find it helpful as well.
2: Yeah. And you guys can reach out if you have any, any other questions, just reach out for sure.
1: And listeners can email limitless at blindbeginnings.ca and I'll pass it along to Jill if you have yeah, questions. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please share our podcast, like, subscribe, leave us a rating, and join us next time.
0: This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow, production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted, along with their families, Visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca and also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time.